When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Live in the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. We are welcoming back to Live in the Bream today one of my all-time favorite guests and people and humans and collaborators. He's just fantastic. And listen, we're going to talk current events, but we also need a lifting of our spirits. And I think this is the guy to do it. He's a New York Times bestselling author internationally known award-winning journalist, broadcaster, producer. He really is good at tons of different things. We're going to talk about his new book and his new album. That's right, both things. Raymond Arroyo, welcome back. My friend, Sharon Bream. I miss you so much, Shannon. I I miss not seeing you in the D.C. Bureau all the time. We got to get together. We'll do it soon. You bet. Okay, but in the meantime, people are just going to have to settle for us having a little chat. Well, this is fun, too. And listen, I love it because you do, even when we have to talk about difficult things, you, I think like me, you've got a broader kind of eternal optimistic hope about the future. Yes, right now may be very, very, very difficult and disturbing. That is a fact. But there is also good news out there, too. So let's talk about some of that, shall we? Yes, let's do that. Yeah. Okay, we have holidays coming. Raymond, I have a confession that I've already made on the podcast that I already have Christmas decorations up. Oh, (laughs) you're way ahead of (laughs) me. I thought I was bad with the Christmas music. You know, I listen to Christmas music like all year round, but not the decorating yet, Shannon. That's early. I did get started because the world is so terrible right now. And I just said, you know what? Every year I get so busy and then it's like a week before Christmas and I'm like, well, I don't want to get everything out of the attic and do the whole thing because now I don't have very much time. I was like, I warned my husband, I'm starting in October this year. That's what we did. (laughs) Now, listen, he was out of town when I started this. So he came home and was like, oh, I see. We've started Christmas. Yes, Christmas is beginning. How nice. But before we get to that, we have Thanksgiving and that brings me to your brand new wonderful book, The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln. And he's on the cover with a big fat turkey. He is. And because of this story, we learn more about this beautiful relationship, the sorrow, the joy that he went through with his father and mother, you know, yeah. President Lincoln. But we also find out about pardoning the turkey that happens every year at the well, White House. Tell us about your well, new book. Well, this is how I, I backed into the story, Shannon. Like you, I've covered that White House turkey pardon year after year after year. They, they bring live turkeys out. The president pardons it. But I, I remember asking people in the Obama administration, in the Trump administration, where did this come from? And some people told me it was JFK. Uh, another woman told me, oh, no, it was Truman who started this. Well, they were both wrong. I tracked it down, and it led me to Abraham Lincoln's youngest son, Tad. Tad Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln are the reason we have the turkey pardon. And, Shannon, what I loved about this story is, and particularly it coming out now in a very dark moment in our country and in world uh, affairs, the Lincolns had a similar moment And I think it's important for us to look back to history for lessons that can carry us through the current times we occupy. Uh, The Lincolns literally had the Civil War at their doorstep. They lost a son in the White House. And then 
father and son, Abraham Lincoln and Tad Lincoln, were really inseparable. And Lincoln staffers write in their diary, Shannon, they couldn't figure out why the president indulged this little hellion. That's what they called him, a little hellion, because <laughs> Tad, Tad Lincoln would tear the place up. You know, he's he's hitching goats to dining room chairs, galloping them through the East Room. Uh, they're digging up the Rose Garden. They built a fort on top of the White House. So the staff was naturally disturbed by this. Not President Lincoln. Repeatedly, he says... That, or, or his contemporaries say Lincoln would be bent over in neighing laughter whenever his son was near. And it it so dawned on me why the reason that Tad Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln were really inseparable in the midst of all of this tragedy and chaos is the president realized he needed a touchstone of normalcy and joy mm -hmm. and light in the midst of the hellscape he was living in. And in the case of Abraham Lincoln, it was his son, Tad. And that's where, why I call the book The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln. Sometimes just letting a child be a child and going along with them, it reminds you of what really matters and delivers you from the horror that we sometimes impose on ourselves or the world imposes on us. And so that was the lesson I took away from that. And I'll, I'll tell you, I can get into the story of the turkey pardon, which is really cool and sweet and ties to the origins of Thanksgiving as a national holiday. Yeah, and I love this because I always learn things from these books. They're beautifully illustrated, but you're also entertained. It's a great family book, kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews. Um, whenever one of your books comes in, there's sort of a bidding war over it in my office. I'm not going to lie because I don't have little kiddos. But then I think about everybody else around here who does. And they're like, oh, when you're done with that book, could my kids have could it? Could I have that book? <laughs> so, um, you know, people see the beauty of it, but it's also, it's entertaining, but it's informative. So well, I learned a lot of things in this book I didn't know. I try to layer in something for everybody because I really, I never see them as picture books. I see them as, as family reads, Shannon. I always have because I want the grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, uh, mom and dad to read with the child and the child to them because it's in that shared experience. Everybody's takeaway and the and the values that and the conversations after the book is read that's where the memory is made so i'm just trying to facilitate that and what i love about this story is i did not realize abraham lincoln is the reason we celebrate thanksgiving the last thursday of november it was abraham lincoln who said it on that date and i think it's tied because it happened in the same year in the year 1863 it's really tied to the Emancipation Proclamation, the Gettysburg Address, and the Turkey Pardon. He pardoned his son Tad's turkey that same year, 1863, the year he proclaims Thanksgiving a national holiday. And he saw it, Shannon, as something very particular. And I hope everybody leans in and listens to this. In the Proclamation of Thanksgiving, Lincoln says he sees it really as a season of forgiveness and unity. Okay, mercy and unity. And he says it's a day of penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, fervently imploring the imposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. He really, he was so focused, I think, Shannon, on mercy. And forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And that really is the hallmark of his presidency. And what I love about the and I'm sure the White House doesn't know about any of this. It's why I love that I'm able to shine some light on it. The fact that 
of all the traditions of the Lincolns, and it's really one of the few things that the, uh, we have of Lincolns that's a, a national tradition we continue, the turkey pardon is really it. And it's such a beautiful one because what happened is Willie, the middle son of Abraham Lincoln, dies. Tad Lincoln is his playmate, the youngest son. When Willie dies in the White House, Tad is left alone, and Abraham Lincoln falls and his wife into deep, deep depressions, as you can imagine. And the father and son, Tad and Lincoln, become inseparable. And Tad, when a, a turkey is brought to the White House for the holidays, Tad befriends it. He walks it on a leash. He teaches it tricks. He teaches it how to walk behind him and trot. Um, and then the moment comes where the chef collects the, the turkey, takes it to the kitchen, pulls his butcher knife out, and Tad freaks out. Tad grabs the turkey, and this is all historic, runs upstairs to his father's cabinet room, barges in and says that executioner downstairs means to kill my turkey, Jack. You can't let this happen, Paul. You can't. Mm -hmm. And he begs his father to pardon the turkey in the way that he had seen Lincoln pardon soldiers who had abandoned the war field, return uh, properties uh, for those who were, had joined the Confederacy. That that sense of mercy and forgiveness that he saw his father extend to others, he asks of his father in that moment. And Abraham Lincoln pardons Tad's turkey. And that's where the annual White House turkey pardon comes from. And I think it's also why it's so attached to Thanksgiving mm -hmm. the same year he made it a national holiday. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. You talk about all those things of forgiveness and healing and mercy, and man, the country was ripped apart. A lot of mm. people thought we wouldn't survive it. But it takes a lot of humility and, you know, seeking to repair bonds and a lot of sacrifice honestly to pull things back together so yep. so many beautiful things in this book it's called the magnificent mischief of tad lincoln mm. and what a great tradition i think it would be to add to the thanksgiving table i think yeah. that would be a great thing for families well I, and it's a neat way to get into the holidays it's from a child's yeah. perspective again this is part of my turnabout tales series where we look at young lives and it's about challenges faced decisions made and all of history turning in my last book, it was about Edison, Thomas mm -hmm. Edison, who was rescued by his mother, you'll remember. He's thrown mm -hmm. out of school at eight years old, homeschooled. Um, he was rescued by her. Here you have a son rescuing his father from great depression and loss. And together, they not only heal the wounds of their family, they begin to heal the wounds of a nation. And boy, do we need that lesson now. We absolutely do. Healing is a good theme. Yep. Now, listen. Um, it, you're not only Thanksgiving, because you know I love that, but since I've already fast-forwarded to Christmas, <laughs> you, I mean, really, you are good at everything. So you've got an album oh, of boy. Christmas songs, and you're going on tour. To I tell. am. I am. Uh, a, a record producer, Shannon, approached me, look, every year on my Christmas special on EWTN, I've sung with Johnny Matheson, Andy Williams, Aaron Neville, and a record producer came to me and said, would you consider doing a full album? And I said, well, I, I'd have to see if I could put something original on it, put my own stamp on it. Mm -hmm. So I went and dug into all of these Christmas carols and traditional songs we love. And what I discovered is 
the way that they've been handed on to us or our understandings of them were totally wrong. So Kevin Costco, who did The Greatest Showman and Jungle Book and arranged, um, oh, my goodness, uh, The Dark Knight and The Passion of the Christ, all those great movies. Kevin, I thought you were going to say Kevin Costner, and I was no, like, no, oh, no, no, he did that stuff No, too. not him, Kevin Costco. And <laughs> Kevin Costco uh, arranged all of these songs for me. And it was really neat, Shannon, because I, to my mind, and I think you agree with me, when I hear Christmas, I hear that kind of classic sweet american sound a big orchestra so i wanted a big band feel a classic sound and uh, i'm i'm proud that we created that we got 20 guys together in new orleans and we cut the album and we call it christmas merry and bright and i am um humbled and amazed it's been on billboard's charts both the jazz chart and the holiday charts for a couple of weeks now it's the number one jazz uh, selling CD, best-selling CD you. on Amazon. Um, so it's incredible. And yes, we're going on tour. Uh, Jose Feliciano is coming with me, and we're going to be amazing. In, we're going to be in Phoenix. We start the tour on the 25th, Thanksgiving weekend in Phoenix. So I'm bridging Christmas and Thanksgiving for you, Shannon. Uh, I'm go- starting it. in Phoenix on the 25th. Then we go to uh, the House of Blues in Dallas the following week. Tampa, Florida. Familiar territory to somebody on the line. Yes. Uh, Then we go to Cleveland and we wrap up at the Ryman Auditorium in (gasps) Nashville. One of my favorite places. Jose Feliciano and I. Incredible. So people go to RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. There's info on the album, but all the tour dates are there. You can go see us. And I've tried to keep the ticket prices really affordable so -hmm. that families can come. So they're different that. tiers, but I want the whole family to come to see Do the show. Do you need, like, a backup dancer? Yes. Interpretive I, dancer. I was going to call you to see what your availability <laughs> was, actually. My schedule is so packed otherwise. Because in, in, I'd love to have you for one of these dates, and I would... I'll, I'm but no dancing. Offline. No dancing. But <laughs> no I have dancing. some other I have some other talents of Shannon Breams in mind. Uh-oh. Okay. Prepare yourself, a America. A little keyboard for you. Oh. Very mean kazoo. Okay, a kazoo um, you know, would just, be good. I, you know, every there's like an occasional Christmas song that might need that. Yes, well, a tambourine. I, Shannon has a very pretty voice too. I'll bet mm-hmm. I could coax you to sing a, a, a tune or two with me. Maybe a little. Um, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. No, not that one. <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. <clears throat> no, you and I both really like the classics. Like I love the hymns. Me too. I know too. you do too, and I love classics too. You know, it's so funny because people talk about Mariah Carey. She always has the big concert. The song yeah. rolls out. It's time. And people are like, oh, I don't like that new stuff. I'm like, that song's like 25, 30 years old now. Right. I don't know that you could call that new stuff anymore. <laughs> um, but I like the very classic stuff, like what you're doing. But how do you approach that music and find a way to put your own stamp on it? Like you said, that was the whole goal. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, when I went to when I interviewed Jose Feliciano years ago, he confessed to me that he wrote that song, Feliz Navidad, under real mm-hmm, duress, mm-hmm. okay? He had 10 minutes to write it. He wrote it in what? studio while he was recording his Christmas album. His producer oh said, go write something original. We need something original. He said, no, you already have Brenda Lee and Irving Berlin. What do you need me for? Irving Berlin. And the guy said, no, no, go write something that's very personal. So he wrote Feliz Navidad, and this was the, the key to me. He wrote Feliz Navidad about he and his brothers beating on tin cans and whatever instruments they could find and singing the old Spanish carols on the shores 
of Puerto Rico, where he grew mm. up. So when I heard that, I thought, wait a minute, Feliz Navidad, it, it's got to be sultry. So we set it in a kind of bossa nova setting, mm-hmm. and Jose mm-hmm. agreed to do a new arrangement. He's playing wow. f- and singing with me. And we kind of gently get into it, and it sounds like two brothers singing on the shore uh, as we get into the song, and then it builds to the festive climax everybody knows and loves. So that's a good example of, and whether it's that or Hark the Herald Angels Sing, when you dig into the, the intentions of those songs, the context they were written, it shifts slightly what they mean, how they should be imparted, and that shaped not only the arrangements, but my approach and when you get in the room with 20 pieces shannon mm. everything you planned goes out the window <laughs> and you just ride the the wave of music and have a good time and i've heard did. they've got some good musicians in new orleans mm. <laughs> that's best. a rumor that i've heard so yeah. no, i can only imagine 20 20 of the best sidemen and a lot of these guys are coming on the road with me we're bringing the <gasps> band so what? the band's coming jose feliciano um, uh, Frankie Avalon's joining me in Cleveland for that one date. That'll be fun. Amazing. So it's kind of a classic. I wanted it to be a classic Christmas tour to complement mm-hmm. uh, Christmas Merry and Bright, the album. And um, these guys, many of the, the guys you'll hear on the album, the saxophonists, the trumpet players, they've been playing together for 20 and 30 years in New Orleans. These are guys that mm. played in Ray Charles' band and Aretha Franklin's band. Um, you know, they played in, in, in jazz orchestras. So they bring a, a real brotherhood and a symmetry. So when they move, they move as a unit. It's very mm-hmm. clean and a beautiful sound. And you'll hear it. It's, it's, I, I love that, A, we were able to do it. We were able to do something original that is new but feels like it's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and on and, top and of remind, that, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, remind us where we can get it. Oh, yes. Everywhere. It's available everywhere. You can get it on Amazon. fantastic. Anywhere you get your music. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your music. But go to RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. You'll see a preview, a little trailer there, the the making of. And you can go and see us on tour. We're only doing five dates. So if you're in Mm -hmm. Phoenix and Dallas, Tampa, Cleveland, or Nashville at the Ryman, come see Raymond at the Ryman. Um, oh, I like that. Raymond at the Ryman. Raymond um, at the is Ryman. there anything you're not good at? at? Can we talk about that? Yes, dancing. You mentioned it earlier. Oh, yeah, so not... there won't be dancing as part well, of this tour. Well, I, I will move in rhythm, but that's not quite dancing. <laughs> yeah, no. I've got a little side-to-side action. That's it. No, I'm good at but the... But we don't get to go. Yeah, but listen, when I was in eighth shuffle, grade... You know? but yes, when I was it. in eighth grade, I got very much into clogging. <laughs> Were you really? I did. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived in Tallahassee, which you know is the south of Florida, is <laughs> the north south <laughs> yes, of Florida. It is. Yes, My cousins were very into clogging, like had the costumes with oh, the little fluffy skirts gosh. and the and the little tap shoes and all that. And for some reason, I sort of lost myself in the clogging world for a year or two. Well, if you can clog, you can probably tap. I don't know. I'm not saying it was pretty, but there are some VHS <laughs> tapes out there somewhere that I hope my mother will never convert onto something that could now be viewed. I, I'm I sure feel it would a only Christmas special coming on. This is a <laughs> this would be a well, great I, Sunday show. Right. There's going to be clogging and clogging. Um, what clogging at the Ryman. I'll be your backup clogger. Now that would be great. If you How bring the clog shoes, you have to come to the Ryman. <laughs> you have to. They've join seen us better there. dancers at the Ryman. The I'm circle quite sure will about be that. complete that night. You so, bet. I love hey, listen. It. Okay, whether it's on this album or not. Yes. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Well, my favorite Christmas song, I think, always is and will be. I have, I have two. My favorite is Silent Night. Mm-hmm. I just love Silent Night. 
uh, I do it on the album. And we had an arrangement of it, and we threw it aside and decided to do it with just a piano and, and strings because... Beautiful. It's so... The simplicity. Well, it's pure. It's a pure mm-hmm. song. It's such a sweet, pure song. Um and I, I, you know, I, I thought it best to capture it that way. But we do some cool songs. You know, Christmas time is here, which I love. That you know, the, mm-hmm. the Vince um, Vaughn Coraldi. Thank you. <laughs> no, oh. no, no, Vince Vaughn. He's been in some Christmas movies. I'm, but I'm pretty Vince sure you didn't Vaughn. mean Vince his Coraldi. version. Coraldi, save. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I love that song. It's so bittersweet and tender. But my favorite secular song is probably White Christmas, oh, which. I love it. Um, and it's one of my a, favorite movies of all time. But you know, there's a very tragic backstory to White Christmas that I just discovered. See, I've been doing mm. deep dives into all these right. songs. Gotta um, do it. I'll tell you real fast. I mean, it's kind of... And if you listen to it, it's a kind of sad song, you know, about... Dreaming of being together and yeah, right. if, if only in my dreams. You know, I, I'm dreaming of a White Christmas, and he goes through all the things that White Christmas has, and then he says, but, it, but it's only in his dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out Irving Berlin wrote that song in the early 1930s when he was separated from his family working on a movie in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the intro to the song is a clue to that because it says, you know, the sun is shining, the grass is green, the ivy and palm trees sway. There's never been such a day in Beverly Hills, L.A. So mm-hmm. that's clearly where you wrote it. But I didn't realize, I've always thought it's a melancholy song. And Bing Crosby said he got depressed singing it, believe it or Aww. not, to the troops. And they always would ask for it and then they'd get sad and all cry. <laughs> Right, because you're away from your loved yeah, ones. You're away. And... Well, yeah, but there's a melancholy, the chords that are melancholic in the song, and the lyrics are very melancholic. Turns out, Irving Berlin, first of all, he was Jewish, so Christmas mm-hmm. didn't mean very much to him. But every year, he and his wife spent Christmas going to the gravesite of their child who died oh, at no. three weeks old. And so that's where that kind of sad heart of White Christmas resides Mm -hmm. and what runs through it. So, you know, when you go back and dig into where these songs came from and the context in which they were written, the whole thing starts to move on you. And your expectation of it or what you thought it was is not. And and that's what happened to me as I went on this little musical adventure uh, for the Christmas Merry and Bright album. And part of what we're going to do on the tour, I'm going to kind of tell the backstories and then show people what we discovered mm-hmm. and the new arrangements. So it's sort of fun. It's a it's a fun show. Everything is not White Christmas. I promise you don't right. get that level of tragedy. And I don't do White Christmas on the album. But okay. it is one of my favorite songs. It is a powerful song. Beautiful okay, song. so first, Thanksgiving, you've got the book, The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln. Yes. Then the Christmas album you can get anywhere. And then the tour dates at Raymond Arroyo Christmas, or is it Christmas time? Raymond Arroyo. Christmas.com. Christmas.com. Okay. Check it out. Raymond, thank you for dropping in. It is so much fun. And let's catch up in person soon. Thank you. You bet. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.